this is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, it's waiver, tanker rank, hope a dope Wednesday, and I'm excited for this one. I'm excited too. I was not excited as I was going to be because I really tried to get the crown. Don't know why or how I didn't miss it. It was probably some sort of, uh, or I missed it because of there was some sort of uh, nefarious things afoot, as there always is in this league. Uh, well, we'll we'll see. I've got some thoughts on who gets it this week, but that's for a later time. Let's start off this busy episode, Shneek, with a nonsense minute. You shared earlier that up in Eureka, you guys are expecting a foot, a whole foot, 12 inches of snow tomorrow. Sounds crazy, sounds scary, wouldn't know what to do with myself, but my question to you is, what's your favorite snow activity? Skiing, sledding, favorite, making snowmen, favorite snow, snow activity, I got it, It's uh, I haven't gotten into skiing, and if I do, it'll be cross-country skiing down the line when I can afford the equipment and stuff, but I have done quite a bit of snowshoeing in my ranger days. Mm. and that's really fun you just strap those suckers on and you can pretty much walk anywhere up and down hills in the woods uh in the valleys wherever you want to go it's super fun makes it easy to walk in multiple multiple high feats of snow so that's what might be my number one snow activity is snowshoeing and then of course my second very close second is just to drink <laughs> mm, that is that's probably that really should be all of our number one but yes. we won't count that one. That's kind of like just a that's a given. That's just, nat- that's just that's just natural given. Yeah. Quick question about the snowshoeing: Is it like what I see in cartoons? Like, do they look like tennis rackets? Is it still like that, or do they have <laughs> the modern, modern the modern snowshoe is a lot more sleek and not okay. like you're walking on twelve foot long tennis rackets? No, they're uh, they're more modernized these days. Little disappointing, let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, you can still do the old school, the old school snowshoes if you want. I'm sure you can. People still do that, but for the most part, it's just these modern strap on, and you go, and you can just you can just go anywhere you want. I'm sure they've got some somewhere in some cabin, you know, like above the mantle, just as a little piece. But maybe we'll pull them down sometime. All right, exactly. Mine, mine's a little basic, but you know, down here in the desert, we don't have snow go up to the mountains a little bit but i do love a good sledding a little quick get your little uh plastic sled fly down a little hill crash into some snow love that piece and i even enjoy the little like sad walk back up where you tug it behind you go up the hill yeah i find it to be a fun time still the trudge back up the hill pulling it behind you the old uh so what kind of sled are we talking here just an old school inner tube are we talking sleek and new age sleek kind of my in-laws have a little like uh kind of like a kayak shape you know it's got the little uh narrowed front end it's plastic got some i don't know what you call it but the bottom is a little more sleek for some speed so I, i'll i ride that for a little two-seater too so go up take one of the kids or go down with someone to get some extra weight on there never actually no i have done the inner tube i lie but didn't i don't like it as much Give me yeah. something I can kind of steer and then, like I said, just bail out once we're once we're at the bottom. Love it. If you're if you're a snow connoisseur out there, let us know what you think. I'm sure we'll get some like snowboard and ski type people, but you know. If a you're little, a snow bunny, 
let us know. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that Matt's Matt, I, I'm going to put a guess here that Matt's favorite snow activity is uh, taking out the trash. Yeah, <laughs> I think. And Jimbo's snow activity is probably going to be like taking his Bronco into the mountains and slushing it up. I don't know. Talk I to us, snow bunnies. Both of those are 100% correct. All right, Shane, before we get into the real meat and taters into the winter chili of this episode, I want to tell you about, um, I don't want to call it like a new interest, but I have been dabbling in some art stuff lately. Mostly I've just been seeing a lot of famous old paintings on some of my uh, social media algorithms. I'm like, oh, those are cool. But anyway, there is an artist in Melbourne, Australia. He goes by the name Tank. And he describes his paintings as taking a critical view of social, political, or cultural issues, often a reflection of subjective experience and sentiments. Uh, Sometimes he uses common objects displayed in unlikely or impossible situations. But my favorite of his paintings that I can see is uh, a little cheeky Andy Warhol painting. So it's got the the mop of white hair that you would associate with Andy Warhol. But instead of a face, it is a Campbell's tomato soup can. So, you know, a little little non-wink there. (laughs) Love it. Love it. What a tank fact as we're going into the winter. And speaking of tank facts, as we get into winter, we're getting into a lot of uh, college football rivalries, you know, a lot of the uh teams playing their major rivals we're talking right Mm -hmm. now the army versus navy game it is scheduled december 10th and army is the army is unveiling their tank division uniforms the black knights will unveil that against the navy army game on december 10th the tank division uniforms they look pretty cool fitting for our army and Navy game. Tune in if you want to see the tank uniforms. That is awesome. First of, of course, the Scum and Shink show love and support the troops. Of course. Much respect and appreciation to them. Uh, love that fact. Can't wait to see them. I'm going to look those up today. And uh, speaking of rivalry games, of course, the Fremont Cannon is painted scarlet. UNLV beat Reno. Go Rebs. Nice. Who won the, the Montana rivalry game? Oh, Montana State blew them out like 55-21. It was bad. Sheesh. It was very bad. Well, we'll get them next year, Grizz. Freaking Grizz. <laughs> All right, Shnick, let's do the waivers. It was a big run last night. Not surprising. There was actually like a lot of good candidates, I feel like, uh, that people wanted. A lot of big money spent, but let's start with some of the, the bottom feeders. One that I'm surprised went for $0. Uh, maybe not surprised, but it would have been fun to see him have a little bidding war. Uh, Mike White, quarterback of the Jets, who's played well in most of his starts, you know, just a handful of them, but fun guy. Seems to I don't, probably is better than Zach Wilson. Uh, definitely can manage an offense and um, – Sport his receivers better than Zach Wilson. So Chase picked him up, dropping Andy Dalton for just a $0 bid. Brandon made a little kicker swap, uh, picking up 
is it Chase McLaughlin or Caleb McLaughlin? I can never remember. C. McLaughlin for C. Santos, another $0 bid. And then I retread, picking up Kevin Harris, getting more of that Patriots backfield, uh, dropped the, the third stringer on the Cowboys, Malik Davis. So those were your $0 bids. Not so fun. I also, uh, looking at the budgets, knowing that people were probably going to beat me, I put some secondary bids on Ronald Jones and Darrington Evans for $15. Injuries to, in both of those backfields, seeing how things shake out, right? Uh, fine, and I just wanted to spend some money. Now the big ones. Jordan Mason, popular pickup this week um, because of the injury to Elijah Mitchell. He will probably be the backup or at least part of the rotation behind Christian McCaffrey. He went for $50 to none other than Big Sneak. Got him. First, first spend of the season. Beat out three other waiver bids. Uh, Gooch put zero. Brendan put 10, which is a little surprising. I'll get into that. And I put down 20. So good job by you spending the 50. Got a running back who had some hype. Uh, this preseason and could definitely get some work. And, you know, the Niners backfield is always a jumbled up mess. Now, let me ask you this. Brandon only put $10 in. He has Christian McCaffrey. Why doesn't he believe in summer handcuffs? He probably doesn't believe in it because we believe in it so wholeheartedly and he's just trying to defy us. So Mm -hmm. it's, and it appears that he was more interested in diversifying and going after uh, the Jets' backfield as opposed to keeping his hand in the Niners' backfield. We will, we will see if that works or not. Beautiful segue there to the pickup of Zonovan Knight, rookie for the Jets, thrust into playing time after, of course, Brees Hall has been injured and now Michael Carter was injured, but I don't know how long-term that one is. But anyway, Brandon paid $61, big spend, but he needed it because you put 50, I put 40, Wade put 25, or I guess Brandon put 25 to cover his tracks. Do nothing complete. Chase put another zero, and I think he only has zero, so that's why all those bids are low. Interesting here. You spent big, thought you were going to get him, and for you it is – it would have been a solidification of the Jets' backfield. Obviously, what a word! What a word! Obviously, with all the controversy, Brandon got Brees Hall, so he has the the start of moving forward. But Brees is out for the year, so you have the rest of the big Jets' backfield: Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. So getting Zonovan would have been the summer of handcuffs play. Would have made a lot of sense. So, my thoughts. My vote, since Brandon didn't prioritize some of handcuffs, I'm giving you the Scum and Sneak Waiver Pickup of the Week. That was my goal. I told myself I was going to get it one of these days. I went hard and fast trying to catch both of them, went 50 bones on each, 
And I am happy with getting Jordan Mason because I'm diversifying my running back portfolio. Uh, Michael Carter looks like he's probably not going to miss too much time, if even any at all. Ty Johnson filled in great. So Zonovan, even though he's got a great name, I don't think he's going to be (laughs) as productive. I just was said my goal was to win the crown. I won it. Brandon, have fun with Zonovan. He is not going to be that great. You needed Jordan Mason because McCaffrey's already banged up. And if he mm-hmm. continues to get banged up through the rest of this push that the Niners have been playing really well in, he's probably not going to worry about playing him. But you, you again, you failed on the Summer Van Cup. Sneaky guy pulled it out. He gets the crown, and I will take it with pride and joy. Yes. I do believe that Jordan Mason would have been a better pickup for Brandon in case anything happens to McCaffrey further. He's dealing with some knee stuff. Doesn't sound too serious, but we've seen him, uh, you know, we've seen those Knicks bruises bumps start to wear on him. He's, he's done good this year, but still a lot of games left to play, both in the regular season and in fantasy. So I would have liked to see him do that insurance move. I get that Donovan had the big game last week, but, to your point, Michael Carter will probably come back, even if Zonovan stays involved. Uh, the the value there, he's not going to play Zonovan as much as, or I don't think he'd play Zonovan if McCaffrey went down like he would Jordan Mason. Yep, exactly. Couldn't agree more. So that's waiver Wednesday, a fun one. Seven total claims. Proud of us, everybody. Good job. Good job. Good job. Shank, I say we uh, take a break here, hear a word from a sponsor, and then we'll get into the Tank Rank Hope Dope section. Today's episode of this coming sneak show is brought to you by Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Fairy Tale is a dark fantasy novel by American author Stephen King, published on September 6, 2022 by Scribner. What did he just write a new book? Anyway, novel follows Charlie Reed, a 17-year-old who inherits keys to a hidden otherworldly realm and finds himself leading the battle between forces of good and evil. Hmm, sounds gay. I'm sure the bottom buddies will love it. And we're back. I mean, our sponsors, the people uh, paying for ads, definitely know their listener base. I mean, yeah, it's obviously uh, one of the great pieces of fiction written this year by one of the best ever, Stephen King. He's still writing Uh, books that are just getting published this year? That seems crazy. He's he's never stopping. He writes like three books a year. What? I had no idea. I thought he stopped writing books like ages ago. Never. Wow. His, so his, little his I whole know. thing is his whole thing is like writing. He wrote a book about writing. It's called On Writing. How many times can I say writing in like a 30 second span? And his whole thing is just like keep doing it. It's like a it's like a muscle to exercise. The more you do it, the better you are and the more mm-hmm. ideas you'll get. Just like just like my thoughts on uh, waiver pickups just keep doing it just keep making turning through and then eventually you'll get something good just keep doing it but doing also eventually it. You'll, you'll drop someone good and then you lose out on them but that's another story for another time that's another fairy tale 
Anyway, Sneak, we're going to do the power ranks this week. We're going to do it a little differently, though, because as we've been touting two weeks until playoffs, our power ranks usually differ a little bit from the standings, but we just need to talk about these as it's important as that's going to be the focus, and it's just a more important conversation uh, dealing with the actual ranks and who's going to make playoffs, who's not. But still, as always, we're going to start from bottom to top. In the 12 and 11 spots, it is the bottom buddies, Big T and Scum. At number 10, back down being the honorary bottom buddy, even though he's got too many wins. Number 10 is Sneak. Number 9 is Smith Ben 08. Number 8 is Jimbo. Number 7 is Hesse. And then the current playoff six is Dason at six. Gooch at five, Doug at four, Brendan at three, Eric at two, and Wade at one still. So the top three officially have clinched. The only thing that they're looking at is is the buys and can Brandon sneak in there, maybe buy a lot or you know, get a unexpected loss out of one of the top two, and maybe have a big, huge uh, points week to get that advantage but otherwise it's looking like he's going to have to play in the first round um but no concerns about getting in for those two do you think uh, our four and five teams doug and chase sitting at seven and five can fall out of of that playoff group i want to say no without studying the possibilities uh even if We'll talk about matchups tomorrow. Even if Gooch loses to Brendan this week, I think he's going to be fine because Dayson, again, not talking about matchups, but he's probably going to lose to Wade. I don't see how they fall out. I think it's really going to come down to the Hesse Dayson six seven area on what happens, and uh, it's it, we're finally just going to lock into these sleeper rankings. We're going to be true to what's actually happening, and I do believe that. Gooch and Doug are going to be safe. Gooch has been surging. He may even beat Brandon this week. We don't know. Doug, is we've talked about, is a very solid team. I think that they are safe. Yeah, I think Doug can feel a little safer because his points are, are in the range where he could still get a tiebreaker in the event of like a, a huge 7-7 seven and seven clumping you know, at the end of the season. Chase, thanks to a slow start, is a little bit behind on those points. Now, as you said, his team has been much better lately, surging a little bit. So if he can get a little closer, that would help him. But, you know, worst case scenario for him is that, again, everyone ends up seven and seven, and he doesn't have as many points as those other teams. So he's in a little more risk, but I do think, yeah, he should be okay with that game advantage over a lot of the other teams. Now, the six, seven spot, as you mentioned, uh, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves, but Jason, I'm sorry, but Dayson does have the matchup against Wade and Hesse gets to play me. So I bet those spots when we talk about this next week will be flipped and Hesse will kind of be a little rejuvenated after a two game skid and his hopes being a little dampened. I love it. I love to see it forming. Uh, like you had, you teased if Brandon has to play week one, it, it, what he could heck he could lose we don't know it's yep. uh it's going to be really exciting playoff time just brings everybody to the fold everybody to the forefront watching to see how things shake out 
Uh, I hope Dayson doesn't make it in because I really want to keep that pick the way it is. Gooch has been surging. That pick has turned into uh, not the most favorable. Uh, Ernie solidifies himself at the top. Wade is solidified at the top. It's just a very exciting time in the fantasy football world. And uh, I'm excited to watch it unfold. Yeah. I think we'll expand on this a little bit more tomorrow, too, as we talk about matchups. But uh, you, your matchup up against Ben this week. So the loser of that is definitely out. Maybe the winner has a little bit of, of hope left. And then I think Jim, let's say Jim rattles off two in a row, gets to seven and seven. He would have to count on, on a tie break, but you know, still a little bit of hope for that group uh, of those three, you, Ben, and Jim. Not much, but a little bit, a little inkling. Not much, but a little bit of hope. That's all we can uh, hope for. <laughs> what if I make a run here at the end? Am I, am I good? Three Let's and see. 11. <laughs> if you win the next two and I lose the next two, you still are below me. So, yeah, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> oh, boy. What a fun experience this has been. Anyways. It's almost over. It's almost over, scum. It's, it's almost, almost over. <laughs> uh, put me out of my misery already. When's the draft? When can I take Jameer? Yeah, when's the draft? What are we doing here? Um, yeah, anything else to say about the ranks? Pretty, uh, we went over most of the scenarios. We went over who's looking good, who could feel good. Um, you know, excited to see what happens after this week. Every matchup is super important, as we've been saying. So I guess let's just leave that for tomorrow. Yeah. And Pew just told me to get back to work. <laughs> She's on you. She's watching your every move. All right, boss. Sorry. Okay. Uh, now let's get into the the last thing for today for Wednesday. Hopes and dopes. Now we're a little bit behind on the records and catch up. So I'm going to do that for us real quick. And as always, we've been pretty like split over the past couple of weeks. So after, after last week, when I had. Who were uh, my picks where I had a James Cook hope and a dope was. Was Jamal Williams? So yeah, I was playing on that Thanksgiving game. So Jamal Williams yeah. scored, but so I guess I guess I was. Well, yeah, uh, I gave you gave you a push on that one because he did score, but also lost the fumble. Didn't have like that many yards. Um, was right at projection, so neither a hope nor a dope. Okay. Uh, James Cook didn't have a good game. wasn't very involved, so didn't give you that one. My hope was Allen Robinson, and I gave myself a push there, too, because he was a late scratch Friday. That was a late injury. Didn't play. I don't think he'll, he'll play again this year. Yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate because I don't think he would have done well because Bryce Perkins didn't look very good. But, you know, I get a little past there. And then I could push this one if you want, but I had a dope of Tyreek Hill, who um, had like six catches for 80 yards, didn't score. So that's a little low for him, but also not bad. What do you, where do you want to leave that one? Because I'm biased. No, I agree with you. I will always default to agree with you. We have to keep ourselves in the forefront of our minds. We have to always look to support ourselves. All right, then. 
So that gives me a season long record of 12, 10, and two. You're just a bit behind there at 11, 13, and two. And if everyone recalls, you had a double hope and dope week a couple weeks ago. That's why you have a couple more games there. But right there, um, you know, neither of us can really get that far from 500, but let's see what happens this week with our calls. Uh, I can go first. Go first. So I tried to keep these in like important matchups or, or playoff teams that could use a little. I did the exact same the thing. Perfect. So my hope, and I'm a little scared about this one, is going to be on Hesse's team. And it's going to be David Njoku. Ooh, that's fun. So he's been, he's healthy now. He's been involved again. He had a nice touchdown uh, last week. And Deshaun Watson is back this week against the Texans. So I do expect some rust. I don't, especially, you know, with everything going on with him. I don't think he'll be that sharp, but I would expect he does fine, throws a couple touchdowns. And one of those, I think, will go to Njoku, uh, especially in a pretty soft matchup. So I think Hesse, obviously he's not going to bench Mark Andrews, but maybe move Zeke up, go Jumbo, um, play Njoku with some confidence because the eyes are on that game. And, I mean, I think Amari, Cooper, and David Njoku are going to be the big beneficiaries of Deshaun Watson's return. I like that call, jumping on that Deshaun Watson play. Uh, Jumbo has proven to work at times, so – don't shy away from it and think it's insane, Hesse. Now, my dope call, I guess it's more of, of a warning, but it is going to be on Doug's team, and it's going to be Tua Tungavailoa. Ooh, wow, going big guns. He's been good. The Dolphins offense has been good. I mean, they just talked about this last week with Tyreek Hill. But tough matchup against the Niners. And, I mean, there's going to be familiarity there on both sides with the Niners and Mike McDaniel. So, yes, maybe he can scheme uh, and, you know, protect to a little bit, keep him in positions where he can succeed. But I, I do think the defense is going to get to him a little bit. I think he'll have one of his lower production games of the season. And, unfortunately, Doug doesn't have Kyler as the backup this week because he's on by. I don't know if he really can play Mariota instead with confidence, but I would still be wary about that Tua play this week against the Niners. Sometimes you just got to call out the big guys, throwing out some warnings, and I always will support those big name calls because I have a big name call this week in one of mine, and we're starting with my dope. We're going to the Dayson Gee Buttersnaps Wade matchup. And my dope is on Dayson's team, and it is Stephon Diggs. Ooh. He is going to get the clamps in New England. They are going to shut down Diggs. They are going to probably double him. They are going to put their best guys on him. And Josh Allen will either try to force it to him or look away from him. So Diggs will be a dope. He will dud. It will be one of the contributing factors to Dayson losing and continuing to help me out with his pick, which is just all I care about. That is a big, big call. 
the current wide receiver one in fantasy on the season. I like it though. Thursday night games don't tend to be very high scoring. The weather doesn't look that great. It is a Belichick scheme to to take digs out of there. Um, big call, but yeah, I like it. Big and bold. Big and bold is what you have to do. And now my hope is because we talked about the possibility of Gooch feeding Brandon. We talked about the, how he's been streaming three weeks in a row. Brandon's on a three-week winning streak as well. Gooch needs to solidify himself in that playoff run. I believe it's going to happen much to my not wanting it to happen because of owning his pick, whatever. So my hope this week is that his entire 49er offense, yes, I know, I'm cheating. Garoppolo, <laughs> and Kittle, they will all have amazing games against Miami, whether it's a shootout, a blowout, garbage time, whatever it may be, all three of those guys are going to get at least 20 or more points, which will help Gooch hopefully compete, if not take down one of our top guys. And it's just going to happen. I wanted to go after a matchup that had some playoff implications. Like we said, we don't know if Gooch can fall even if he loses, but I'm putting some winning hope mojo into the atmosphere and into his butt, and there he goes. He gets <laughs> big, big sneak hope this week. I mean, huge call just historically because if this, is this the first time ever that you've supported and said good things about George Kittle? I, it probably is. He's still not a top five tight end if you go look at what's happening. And even after this week, he may not be depending on what happens on the other tight ends. But I decided to put my hatred aside for one week to see if Gooch has what it takes to put the lineup together to take down a top team. Mm. I do like the Jimmy and Brandon Ayuk stack, though, because past couple of weeks, they're just like guaranteed touchdown. So that's been who Jimmy G's looked for in the end zone. And yeah, I, I like that call. There you have it, folks. Hopes and dopes. Week 13. Week 13. Sounds weird. Doesn't sound like we actually are there. Ugh, it doesn't feel like we're there. It feels like we're still early in the season. Yeah. I have only one win on the season, so this should just be like week two, right? Right. <laughs> Right. Uh, all right well coming close to the end here very excited to watch these playoff matchups truly because it is very interesting and well you know whoever gets in are they're tasked with the big feat of taking down one of the big guns and that's what we always want to see we love the upsets we love dragon slaying and just want to see a fun playoff so we're almost there we'll be back for you guys tomorrow for the more in-depth matchup play and yeah, just super excited for this last couple of weeks that we have uh, to really dig into what we play fantasy for. We play fantasy to have fun, but also to get in the playoffs and to win. So you play to those. win the game. Well, some of us do. <laughs> yeah. So hold on to your butts, folks. It's going to get raucous and caucus here. See you tomorrow. Bye.
Playoffs brings out the best. We rise to the occasion. Yes, we do.